to your point, it adds to the romance of driving. That's Chris Warren of Premier Financial Services as he discusses the disappearance and the re-emergence in value of manual transmissions in vintage cars. He's our guest up next on the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich. And our topic today is something that's been going on for a while, and that is the diminishing world of manual transmissions. Chris, welcome to our show. How's it going in Connecticut? Everything is well. I'm actually uh, sitting in the sun here in Tampa, Florida. Oh, Tampa. So it's, uh, a little bit warmer than they're having right now as fall settling in in the Northeast. So how are you guys doing? We're doing great. great. We're doing great. Mid-70s in Northern California. Uh, blue sky, no wind. Oh. It's beautiful, beautiful fall day. So, um, Perfect. Yeah, nice to have you on our program. Uh, as you probably well know, um, many, many people these days are buying um, automatic transmission vehicles or CVT vehicles which ties into your world in the vintage car world where many cars still have manual transmission. So can we ask you about your thoughts on the vintage car world and what that means with uh, different kinds of transmissions? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having us on. We appreciate it. Sure. It's interesting with the advent of the clutchless transmissions and uh, all of that that's come around in modern car times, with the purists who are still seeking the manual gearbox, we find that the the renaissance back to that, the, the, the love of it, is really something that fuels that classic market. Yeah, I would in, in, I would think that. so. I mean that's that's the place you really get it now. They don't even sell that many manuals anymore. Absolutely. It's 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 really difficult. I, I know for for instance my my oldest nephew is now a, a junior in college, but when he was learning to drive, my sister made an effort to try to find a, a car, a, you know, a new car, uh, with a manual gearbox for him to learn to drive on. And that's what we learned to drive on. Uh, back in the 60s, uh, you know, so those cars just are very hard to get. And, 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 and we see people who may be inclined to purchase a newer car, but because they're, they have a, a specific love for a manual transmission, they, they move to the vintage market. Oh, I didn't, I didn't put that connection together. That's, that's an interesting one. I was thinking of kind of in the reverse way, but... Um, that said, I, I read a story just the other day, and I think it was referencing 2016 statistics, so it was a couple of years old, but I think it still holds true. It was something like less than 4% of all new cars uh, are available with a uh, manual transmission, and that number kind of surprised me on, one, on the one hand, but on the other hand, it didn't surprise me at all. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I, I think it, 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 if I were to close my eyes and think about cars that I know that are, are current year model cars that come in a manual gearbox, I, I struggle to even think of the 4%, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, some of the bottom end, I don't know, like your Civic probably comes in it still. and Yeah. Sure, uh, Volkswagen Golf, something such as that. Yeah. Yeah, certainly, certainly the the contemporary cars that we deal in, day in and day out, Lamborghini, McLaren, Ferrari, etc. You know, those cars are all 
uh, automatic clutchless gearbox uh, cars. Yeah, well, the technology's there now. Um, they make them better and better. Those dual clutches, they're faster than a human can shift them. So, you know, the old manual Absolutely. is kind of obsolete, unless you just love it. Well, you, you, you guys probably remember the days when you had a clutch and you power shifted, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. You bet. <laughs> you bet. Second gear, second gear to third gear, you know, to make it quicker. Um, and, and certainly with the advent of these modern gearboxes from... You know these manufacturers. You know eight, nine, ten-speed gearboxes. It's it's seamless, and it is. It's it's incredibly fast. Uh, you know, and you, you look at uh, Ferrari as a market as, as an example. It, it, it's almost imperceptible, uh, even at heavy acceleration, to witness the uh, the gearbox, the, the the shift change. It's truly amazing. But uh, again, I I am a big fan of. You know the manual gearbox cars. It, it, there's there's a lot of you know. For me, I'm a. I was born in the '60s. You know those are the cars that I grew up with. Uh, you know, so I, there's a, there's a, a big love for those for guys my age. Yeah, I think that uh, I'm not so concerned about performance as a lot of friends are, but I still appreciate it. But if you're on a country road and you have a and you want to shift through some gears, that's a pretty fun experience still. Uh, if you know that nobody's coming around sure. the, uh, coming around the corner at you. At you. Uh, in, in your world, Chris, another another thought I had was when if you're helping somebody with the finances of a, a an expensive vintage car or a new car, however it may work, um, this is a little bit out there of a stretch, but is there knowledge of how to drive um, part and parcel of a transaction that you might do with them, or does does the safety of what they know or don't know come into the equation at all? Well, for us, no. Uh, however. Um, the things that do matter for us are, do circle around the value side of it. You know, so for instance, there are some as manual gearbox cars become more rare, it, it, and sometimes you will find uh, in a specific model car that does have a manual gearbox, you might see that car now in today's day and age sell for um, you know thirty, fifty, seventy-five thousand more than a normal, you know, uh, automatic gearbox car. Uh, and that, you know, certainly contemporary Porsches, you know, they, they're moving back to a manual gearbox on, on their RS car. Um, you know, so again, you know, manufacturers are, are, are seeing that and who knows, there might be a switch back to manual gearbox cars. But, you, you know, we've seen certain, certain models of, of manual gearbox cars um, being worth more because it's a manual, uh, so that, that's a pretty interesting piece on our side of it. But we don't offer any lessons. But if anybody's got to need some help, I'll have to walk. Fantastic. You know, that's it has to be on a track, you know. Sure, sure, absolutely. That's interesting that the manufacturers kind of like overshot it. They they were getting rid of, like you say, like Porsche, their PDKs. Uh, transmissions they were getting rid of the manuals and now they see there's a market and they're bringing the manual back again more as you see it huh yeah absolutely you think about the ability of a person that has uh, you know the opportunity to, to pay 
you know, 150, 200, 300 or more for an automobile. And while there are some young people that are able to do that, uh, the lion's share of those people are, you know, mature people. So, you know, they're, they long for that and they miss it. So I think that we'll see, you know, depending upon what happens with electric and hybrid, you know, I think we'll see a, some sort of swing back from manufacturers in these cars, um, whether they be specialty models or what have you, Mm -hmm. that do offer a a manual gearbox. All all of that, I think, will come down to what happens with, you know, the, the electric and hybrid markets going forward. Yeah, you just reminded me, or I thought of something. You know how silly it is, like on my 2010 Subaru, it's got paddle shifters on it with a little continuously variable transmission. What if someday they make a little Hyundai or something and put a little electronic stick shift back on the floor with with a CVT, you know? You think about that. They might. You know, my car has my car has an automatic gearbox with paddle shifters. Uh, you know, there's a lot of those cars out there. My wife's SUV has that, um, and people utilize those. Uh, so it, it, it is. There's, there's still a throwback to the manual gearbox. Um, you know, but again, once 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 alternative, you know, the electric cars might take over. There, there is no gearbox. It's just a straight line. You mentioned some uh, brands, uh, exotics, uh, high-performance sports cars, whatever they may be. Could you offer some specific, uh, if, if there's a trend in, in certain cars that you've experienced in your world that have become more popular because it's a 67 Corvette and it's got this or it's a whatever it might be. Are there some cars that are higher sellers now because of what we're talking about? Well, certainly we've seen in recent history within our uh, world of influence, uh, you know, people seeking out Ferraris with manual gearboxes, whether those be 12-cylinder, 8-cylinder Ferraris because of, you know, because of the shifting. You know, we've seen that Porsches vacillating back and forth with manual gearboxes. We don't see too many people in um, Lamborghini seeking out manual gearboxes. At least I don't on a daily basis. I've seen people searching for Aston Martins with manual gearboxes, et cetera. So there's always that that group of people out there, I find, that are purist to that, and those are the cars that they'll drive, uh, you know, for a, for a fun car. Whether whether manufacturers bring those back, I, I don't know. But we, we we're seeing you know primarily in our world Ferrari as a mark that whether they're collectors or daily drivers who are wanting those cars, they will pay a premium right now for a manual gearbox car. The good thing about a manual is it is a way to communicate with your car. It's engaging. Um, you know, you get a feedback from the steering wheel. The brake a little, the gas a little, but it's that your hand and the vibration and the feel of snicking that thing into gear. I mean, that's you, you can't get any closer to the, the guts of the machine than that. Yeah, absolutely. I, in thinking about this this time with you guys today on this podcast, it brought me back. I was thinking about uh, cars that I've driven with manual gearboxes that have some, some interest in... I, I, 
one day I had to I had to um, <laughs> drive a client's uh, original Ford GT40 from um, Naples, Florida to Tampa, Florida. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm not a big, I'm not a big guy. Uh, and this particular car, um, the, the amount of pressure it took to push in the clutch, um, almost left me on the side of the road and, <laughs> and, and, you know, well, I was thankful to see the highway and just feel, believe it and gear and go. But, um, you know, it is, it, it's, it's certainly, you know, some of those old American muscle cars, uh, with those heavy clutches, uh, you know, before they had assist on those pedals, um, you know, again, they, those, those, that was the, the part of the deal, right? So, um, the, you know, the car that we grew up with in my house was a, a Volkswagen Beetle, which would Volkswagen characterized was a semi-automatic, which was a clutchless car, but you had to remove your foot from the gas pedal in order to shift the car. So it was kind of interesting, um, but yeah, we've seen everything from push buttons on on uh, cars in the '50s for automatics to you know uh, some of these others. But you know, I, I hope that they continue uh, to manufacture these cars in manual gearboxes. I think it just, to your point, it adds to the the romance of driving. It, it's just part of it. It's not a point and shoot activity. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. Your analogy or your, your comment about the bug made me smirk because I have an old bug, and I think that's, you know, it's so slow, it's so everything poor, but it sure is fun to drive, and, and most of it's because of that stick shift. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was going to raise. No, absolutely. I was going to raise another point, and since you talked about yourself and the fact that you're not a big guy, um, I'm I'm six foot tall and about two hundred pounds, and Bruce is I don't know five ten maybe and. 150, maybe something like that, doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah. what does matter is both of our wives, respective wives are, are petite, fairly petite uh, women. And so sometimes my wife will, will drive one of the test cars and if it happens to be a manual transmission, which is, as we said earlier, is pretty rare, she'll say, oh, that, that's a hard car to drive. I have to remember how to drive you know, a manual transmission, which she does fine, which also leads me into soccer moms, uh, other, other people who are driving more modern day cars, if they happen to be, uh, uh, particularly if they're a woman and they're and they're smaller, the the difficulty of shifting while you have kids in the car and you're driving a bigger car, that probably all ties into the increase of of uh, CVT, and particularly in SUVs and, and pickup trucks or vans or whatever it might be. So that's probably another part of the equation here. I'm guessing. Sure. Absolutely. Well, you just think about all the influences that people have uh, driving these days, phones, etc. You know, again, it's just a, it's, a, it's another piece that people feel is inconvenient. I travel quite a bit, so I'm in and out of, of rental cars, and, and you guys in test vehicles, you certainly understand this. Even if it has an automatic transmission, I mean, there's some cars that I've gotten in and said, okay, how do I get into gear? Yes. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not a, 
it's not a you know a handle on the column that you pull down in a lot of cases anymore. So it's um, you know it's really interesting, even with automatic transmissions, how varied the manufacturers try to make it um, to make it unique. Uh, you know, it's an interesting thing. Yes. I, I've noticed that same thing with the new automatics. It's not standardized, and I, I uh, complain and moan and gravel to myself. And come to think of it, manuals never were uh, standardized either, especially going into reverse. Sure. And I didn't, and that didn't bug me. So maybe I'll stop complaining about the, the new man, the new automatics. Absolutely. <laughs> we're having a self-help half hour. Reverse on that side, three on the column. Yeah, all that stuff. You know. All that stuff. Yeah, this week I, I have a, um, a Chrysler Pacifica van, and it's got a turn dial for, for the gearing. Uh, last week might have been a push button. Some of them are push button on the console. Some of them are push button higher up in the old days, like you mentioned, three on the tree or whatever those things were called. So there's there's no consistency. or Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's on the horizon that there'll be some sort of um, mandatory or they'll, they'll make some um, regulations about how the... The gearing can go in cars because your point's really well made. You can get into an automatic car and not know how to drive it. That's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I can't. I, I've sat in many of uh, Avis parking lot around the around <laughs> the country, saying, "Okay, how, how do I get it to reverse?" But you know, I think you know, as these transmissions, you know, stay in this automatic category. It's probably going to be, hey, Siri, take me to the office, right? Yes. Who knows? You mentioned Naples, Florida, and this is a little self-serving here. Uh, it's a lot self-serving. I, I happen to work and do a car column for a magazine in Naples, Florida, called Gulf, Gulf Shore Business. Uh, and I've been doing, working with them for sure. four or five years, and I'm on the back page um, every month. But <clears throat> Excuse me. The real reason for mentioning that, though, is that I'm wondering if in Florida or in other places you might go, um, do you see trends in the cars that are being driven in different parts of the country? I, I don't think so. I, I think I think that it, you know certainly in Florida. You know, I live in Florida. You know, it's obviously very hot here most of the year. There's a, there's a lot of conversation here about you know, do I have a coupe or a convertible? But I, I find that conversation even in in New York or California. So I think all of those things are all pretty consistent um, as, as far as gearboxes are concerned. If that's the subject we're on, I find my clients here in Florida know where to drive those cars if they have them. They find the, the back roads and, and, of course, everybody's trying to have some fun on highways. But um, I, don't, I don't find certain parts of the country have certain... Other than you know, you might see a, a more uh, all-wheel drive cars or pickup trucks or things like that in in certain parts of the country. But um, as far as the cars that we play in, I think they're more consistent across the country. It's just whether you see them more often or not. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, one thing though, you think you go to some towns, communities, and it's like, where would you drive this car? But hey, if you have the car, you're going to find a place. You know, you That's know where right. to drive it. Well, sure, absolutely, I, I, and I, I think the last time we spoke, I might have shared this story with you. I had a client who moved to a, a part of North Carolina and was invited to, uh, heard about a car show, 
And the gentleman said, no, yeah, hey, come on down. It's Saturday mornings, and everybody brings their cars. And, and so he rolled up in a Ferrari F40, which was probably a million five at the time. Sure. And everybody else had a 1972 Chevy pickup truck or a Chevy Vega or a, you know, you know, so it was, he was a little uh, overdressed for the event, <laughs> but hey, he, he came with his F40 because that's what he had to bring. So. That's great. Hey, Chris, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, um, we introduced you and you're in Florida and I noticed of course that the address of the company is in Connecticut, so I, I'm, I misstated that, but tell us what you do. What, what, what does Premier Financial Services do for, for its clients? Premier Financial Services is the nation's leading independent lessor of vintage and exotic cars. What we do is we assist clients across the country. We are, we are in the lower 48. So we assist clients who are looking to acquire vintage, uh, collectible, or contemporary motor cars. Uh, so we don't have any age restrictions in the cars that we do. So people can look at old cars or new cars. We just have a, a minimum finance amount of $50,000. Great. Well, even I might be able to swing that one of these days soon. You never know. Absolutely. Well, you have, you have our phone number. So <laughs> there you go. We're happy to assist. Well, we're uh, happy to assist. But, yeah, we've been doing this a long time, and we're, we're across the country, and we're happy to assist anybody that might be able to have a need for us. Fantastic. Is there anything else, Chris, that we could discuss that uh, involves your expertise in the, in the topic of uh, our episode today with uh, manual versus um, automatic transmissions and uh, that you'd like to share? Is there anything else that we should be aware of that, that you've noticed um, in your world? It's a day-to-day world, of course. I think the biggest thing that, that we're seeing right now is, and this is something we spoke about when we were talking about auctions, is, is the, uh, the hunt. In our world, we're often asked about what is the, the next trend, what is the next hot car, and, and certainly in this particular topic of conversation, this is part of uh, this is part of a value question. So, if a client is is reaching out and is and is looking at a car, you know, we might be more inclined on a particular transaction based on gearbox, uh, based on value. So those things are all our day to day thing. But as far as trends in the marketplace, they, unfortunately, the, the, the trend is, is towards eliminating these gearboxes uh, in most cases. But, um, you know, the, for us, it's the daily hunt of um, can I find a, you know, a, a, a 599 with a manual gearbox? Can I find a, uh, a Mira, uh, you know, some of these other cars that might have you know, the opportunity to have a manual gearbox. Um, there, it's, there, it's, it's, for us, it's about the hunt of those cars. What, one thing we haven't mentioned was the uh, uh, maintenance and the service life on the transmissions. And I'm thinking you go, you get an old Mira or whatever car and it's got a manual, you can feel the transmission and how it's working. And, and you know, you're, that's not an issue. You go into these electronic boxes, these automatics, yeah, maybe something's not shifting right in one, in, you know, between the three, four shift or whatever. You could be looking at some bucks, I would assume. 
Well, certainly, it, you know, these, these uh, cars that we deal in, uh, you know, they're, they're clutchless manual gearboxes, essentially. Sure. The lightest ones, yeah, those, uh, those dual clutches. Yeah, correct. Are, yeah. And, and so the, the, the pump failures, you know, on those sorts of cars can be quite costly. I'll bet. So it, it's, it's important, I think, for listeners who might be considering, you know, perhaps a collectible or a vintage car, and this is certainly something that we spoke about previously, was, you know, you want to make sure what you're buying is what you're buying. And it's always good money to spend to have whatever car that you're looking at, uh, whether it's a, a Ferrari, a 356, or what have you, have it inspected mechanically uh, by somebody that knows what they're doing. Uh, sure. Because you can, you know, I, I've said in my career for a long time, the most expensive used car you'll ever buy is a cheap exotic. Um, you know, it can be extremely costly to repair these cars, so it's important that... Um, you know, if you are considering moving into a market on one of these cars, you want to have somebody do a full mechanical makeup for you, so you know what you're what you might be getting into. The, the cheapest one might not be the best buy. Yeah, absolutely. It very well may not be, and and that's um, you know, it, it it's just buyer beware. You bet. Well, that's a that's a great place. Buyer beware. Know what you're buying. Uh, that's a great way to conclude uh, today's episode. Uh, we want to thank uh, Chris Warren, sales manager for Premier Financial Services. He's the guy you want to speak with if you're in the in the Florida area or maybe some other areas. He would recommend one of his colleagues. Um, thanks again, Chris, for for talking to us today about the the um, ever going or ever evolving uh, area of manual versus automatic transmissions. We really want to thank you for being our guest today on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you have a great holiday season with your families. Thank you. You do the same. Thank you. Bye-bye now. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.